Dreaming about teaming up with a superhero? Heartbroken about the latest comic death? Do you find your conversations always turning to Marvel? Then welcome Marvelites to your therapy session. Join your hosts as we explore the realms of the Marvel Universe, taking you into new insights, movie reviews, and debates. Here, we won't try to cure any obsessions, but fuel them because the world is better nerdy. Welcome to your Marvel Therapy Group. Welcome back to Marvel Therapy Group. This is Joe, and with me is the other host. Hey, it's Jack. Jack, and we have a returning guest star, Brian Mazur. You remember him from a few episodes ago. He is the horror author. Say hi, Mr. Mazur. Hello, Marvel Therapy Group people. <laughs> so this episode, we just couldn't get enough last episode talking about Endgame. There's a lot to unpack in that movie, and... We need some more therapy. So we are talking, we're dedicating this episode to Avengers Endgame once again. And what's really cool about this episode is that none of us have spoken to one another about Endgame yet. Uh, I, Jack, mm -hmm. I don't know if you listened to the last episode because there were spoilers. And I don't know about you, Brian. No, I started listening I, to it last night. Okay. I held yeah, off. Same with me. I listened to it this morning. I held off. So this will be fun. <laughs> Uh, I think we, right now we can go spoiler-free for a minute or two, and just then we'll, again, alert people for spoilers, but we can talk about first reactions. So who wants to start? Okay, I'll, I'll jump in, if you don't mind. Well, first I want to start, I want to see what you guys have to say about this. When they released the name of the movie, I didn't like it. Uh huh. I still don't care for it. For me, it sounded more like a James Bond movie or even a Mission Impossible movie. It didn't sound like a Marvel movie or Marvel comic book type of title. Mm -hmm. um, so that said, it, it really didn't impact my enthusiasm going into the movie. I was greatly excited to go see it, very optimistic, and I couldn't get to it last weekend, and, which was a disappointment. Um, so I saw it last night, and the only reaction I can come up with, and I tried, tried different words to, from, that I could describe it with, and nothing seemed adequate tell you the truth for me so i'll just go with for now I'll go with wow mm -hmm. that is a good word yeah i know i have to agree that the title when it first came out i wasn't thrilled i don't think many people were thrilled because there was so much hype leading up to the title yeah like we had been told that the title was going to be a spoiler in itself and it really wasn't we had been told that no one on the internet has guessed what the title is even though like 90 percent of the people had guessed endgame so it was just kind of, uh, it, it felt like they didn't even have a title for it. They're like, oh, hey, lots of people saying Endgame. Let's go with Endgame. <laughs> right. It wasn't that I had a problem with the title. It was just like, I've still been calling this movie Infinity War. So that would have been easier for me if it was just Infinity War Part 1 and Part 2. Yeah. Right. Uh, seeing the movie, though, I can see how it wasn't called Part 2. Like, it, it really is... It's own story. It's yeah, very good. it was. And I, th and I think that where the story actually jumps in, that gap, was um, had it stand out mm -hmm. for the reasons you're giving. Uh, but again, like, the title didn't sway my uh, enthusiasm for it. Right. I was really, still really excited. Right. Actually, the week leading up to the premiere, I just got more and more excited. And I think I've said in past episodes that it wasn't, I was excited for it, but it was kind of like a fact of life. Like, yeah, Endgame is coming out. I get to see it soon. But the week leading up, I just got so excited mm -hmm. to actually realize, like, mm -hmm. pretty soon, I'm going to be in a theater for three hours and two minutes watching this end of an era. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was awesome. It really was awesome. Um, yeah. that the, the, My reaction was, like, and it didn't feel like three hours to mm -mm. begin with. When it was over with, it was like I had to walk look at my watch because it seemed to me it was like half that time, which is, you don't get many movies like that. Yeah. Same with you Infinity know? War. Right. Exactly. It didn't feel like two and a half hours. No, it didn't. So I was... I don't uh, know. There were, points that, uh, there were points I was watching where I'm like, this is definitely a longer movie than normal. This is definitely a three-hour <laughs> movie. Like, I was enjoying it. Like, I wouldn't say I'd cut anything, but I was definitely, like, in the back of my mind, I was like, this is a long movie. 
I was actually thinking that too for part of it because with the first trailer we knew that all of those scenes are from the first 20 minutes. So I was trying to gauge when 20 minutes were and then I was like, oh. okay, 20 minutes is over. Now this is a brand new movie. But my 20 minutes lasted for like the whole first act until they, <laughs> um, well, we're still in the spoiler free, but until they moved on to the next plot point, um, I just kept trying to like, so that I think that's why it didn't feel like three hours to me because I was trying to gauge the 20 minutes. So for me, the first hour was 20 minutes. <laughs> And I think it was this one of those rare, super hyped movies that you hear months and months about. And this one was a like whole year. Yeah. That actually lived up to the hype or beyond. Uh-huh. That doesn't happen very often. Oh, yeah. This whole movie was a fan service. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It was so good. Absolutely. And uh, we're all sucking it up. <laughs> I like what, what you said to me. You're like, wow, you're a tough critic, but you liked this movie? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a lot bad to say about it. I would be amazed if you didn't like this movie, Joe. I know. Yeah. It was it was built for, like you said, fan-serviced, and uh, even the, the, the super fans, such as yourself. Yeah. You know, it was made to appease them. Where um, does it rank for you? Oh, my. Um, I would say, probably for sentimental reasons, I like... The Avengers, the original one. Okay. First, this one's moved up to second, mm -hmm. which from my list surpassed Captain America: um, Winter Soldier. Okay, nice, Jack. I honestly haven't really given it much thought. We're at the end of my list. Um, I feel like this is going to be the kind of movie that's going to flip back and forth with Endgame. Like every time I go back and revisit the list, depending on which one I've watched again. That makes sense. I'm gonna like, have I feel to put like it's it. It's never gonna have like a solid place. It's always gonna jump back and forth between that and Infinity War. That makes sense. Do you think there's a problem now going forward with 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 the, the next era coming up, and there there will be future Avenger teams? Has a level been set that this movie will forever be compared? That they'll oh, have absolutely. a hard they'll have a hard time meeting, and it might be held against them. I think. No, I don't think it'll be held against them. No. I feel like they have a formula in place that they know where they want to go in Phase 4, even though we don't know where they're going in Phase 4. Right. But I think that they'll space it out enough that it's not like too slow, but not too fast to be compared to Endgame. I think it'll just be a nice, steady continuation from Endgame. Yeah, I hope it's the same recipe. Yeah. Because that's basically what they've done for the last 10 plus years. Yeah. <laughs> and I hope that I hope that continues. I don't think they're ever gonna get this again. They're gonna make movies. They're gonna be good. But this was unprecedented, just in movie history. The way they built this up for ten years and everything came together. I think they'll have good movies. They'll have good team up movies. I don't see them having something like this again. And I don't think they need it right away. No, I think no, it, we're talking well. years. Yeah. Right. I think, yeah, I agree that, like, in the next Spider-Man movie, we know that Nick Fury and Maria Hill are going to be there. So we're gonna, I think we can see team-ups, and it'll be just mm -hmm. as exciting, but mm -hmm. we're not going to get all, like, 60 characters in one place again for a while. Right. Right. Because this, this movie also, you have to think, dollar-wise, this movie made a lot of those actors superstars. Mm -hmm. Right? And, of course, with these movies' popularity that goes up, I'm sure their paychecks went up. Yeah, probably. You know, because I, I read a, a quick little blurb just on Friday about how the payment to the actors caused problems in the last movie budget-wise. Hmm. And I can see that. Yeah. They're all, you know, Robert Downey Jr., his, his, his career was, like, flagging because he'd had so many personal issues in the news too much. And this was Chris Evans' big break, I think, you know, and um, Chris Hensworth came out of nowhere mm -hmm. as Thor, and that built his career. Um, so, I actually had a friend who looked it up and said that Robert Downey Jr. is the third highest paid actor in the world, and Scarlett Johansson mm. was the first highest paid uh, female actress. Oh. Um, do we want to go into... Were... Do we want to go into spoilers Sorry. now? Because I almost did. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I'm trying to hold back here myself. <laughs> 
All right, so we're going to... Just to add to that, to add to your last point, though, I do feel like there were some Avengers movies where Scarlett Johansson got more money than Hemsworth and Evans. Mm-hmm. I feel like we might have been Ultron. She got more money than those guys, which is interesting. And like what Brian was saying, she did have a lot more credibility to her name than they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She'd had a history coming into it. Yeah. Okay, so from here on out, we are going into full spoilers for Avengers Endgame, which we did last episode, too, so... If you listen to that one, then, I mean... You're prepared. You're prepared. <laughs> you can expect spoilers. So, yeah, if you haven't seen Endgame, pause this podcast right now, go see Endgame, and then come back. Or, better yet, listen to it while you're watching Endgame. That'll be really interesting. <laughs> Just put in some headphones in the theater. <laughs> double the... Ex- start doing the commentary. Yeah, double the experience. It'll be great. So, anyway, um, yeah, they got rid of... So, spoilers, um, Iron Man and Black Widow died, which is still a gut punch. Yes. But, so they definitely got rid of some of their highest paid actors. Which... Well, can we just talk about how the movie starts, and I'm like, sitting yeah. in the theater, I know what's happening. I'm like, oh, they're doing Hawkeye's family right now. Yeah. yeah. I was not prepared yeah. for that. No, no, I didn't think it would start off like I know, that. but I thought it was the perfect place. Yeah. Once they got into it. Because there's an infinity where you're wondering where the heck he was. Mm-hmm. And he got that right out of the way, explained it, and the impact on him and his family. Yeah, and you even saw the ankle bracelet he was wearing. Right. The tracker. Right. Like what Ant-Man had. Right. And, um, and the, 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 set, the setting was perfect. You know, they're not in a town, they're not in a city where oh, you yeah. can, can just disappear. And he's looking, you know, in the middle of an open field having a family picnic. and With mayonnaise on a hot dog? Mayonnaise on a hot dog. <laughs> um... Yeah, that was funny. I don't know who does that. Come on, Velma. <laughs> Joe's memorizing lines already. Um, but I thought that was, anyway, I thought that was a, a great setting because it was in the middle of the field and where the heck did everybody go? Yeah, actually, so I've seen it twice. I saw it twice in theaters and both of you have seen it once, but much more recently than I did. So, like, we have a good spectrum here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Oh, yeah, no, I said Velma, because Linda Cardellini. Linda Cardellini, right. <laughs> Scooby-Doo movies, yeah. What are you doing, Velma? Um, oh, and the second the time I saw it... always, like, one movie away from being a Scooby-Doo podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the second time I saw I actually did see the dust flying away when he looks back at his daughter, who went to go get the arrow from the, uh-huh. the bullseye. First time I didn't see the dust, and I was really watching for it, but I saw it the second time. Oh, okay. okay. Which, like, wasn't... It was a nice touch, not like a yeah. good touch, it's, but it... It's like... <laughs> I, yeah, it I, I missed the dust. I missed, yeah. I knew it was happening. I knew this was the only way to get Hawkeye in the movie, but I was like, we're starting here. We're going all in. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good start, because he was the only one that was questionable, I think, where the character was. Oh, can I go back for a second and rate it for, for my ranking? Yeah, go. I... Would, I think I'd have to put it as number two. And the only reason it's not number one is for watchability. Because if I'm going to watch a movie, it, it depends on the day, but like I don't want to be sad, so I might not pick this one. Oh. <laughs> but number one again? Is it, is it Doctor Strange or Ant-Man? Ant-Man and the Wasp is my number one. Oh. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And that Interesting one's, pick. That one's not as long as Endgame, but it's really fun. And yeah. it's like a espionage kind of movie oh interesting so that's gonna be my, my number one okay. but like very interchangeable depending on my mood <laughs> end game or yeah. and the wasp yeah yeah so after that scene i think we go to iron man tony stark and nebula yes uh, that was so that was so much fun i love them just like playing uh was it paper hockey or whatever or football or whatever right oh yeah that honestly yeah. was one of my favorite scenes because it like with a with this movie and so many characters, we actually got character development for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So when Nebula, when Tony Stark was like, "Did you have fun?" and Nebula takes a beat and she goes, "That was fun," like she's never had fun before. Right? Yeah, I got that. And I never thought about that, but that was that was a great line to put in there. And it was it was very um, Tony Stark's reputation is 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 being uh, like a spoiled rich child uh-huh. type of actor and i i found my first thought was was, this was hidden giving of his heart and trying to form a communication with this alien being 
you know, through a, a very simple human game. Yeah. It was really cool. And just imagine being Karen Gillan and you get this role in Guardians that you don't really know where it's going to lead. And it leads to you actually getting like a one-on-one scene with like the guy in the MCU. Like just, that's, <laughs> that's just so cool to think about. I think she had a huge role in Endgame. I was really excited to see yeah, she did. Oh, how much yeah. screen time she got. Oh, yeah. She was a critical. Yeah. Critical character. Um, so, yeah, so uh, Tony Stark is recording what's going on on that ship that's stranded in space 5,000 light years from anything around them, and he knows he's going to die. And, of course, she can't die. But he's going to die. And so when that moment came... You know, and she gently, and she's treating him with such loving care. Yeah. You know, picks him up and puts him in the sea. You know, like, I thought he was already dead. Yeah, so did I. I'm thinking, I'm looking, I'm thinking, and the camera's on him for a long time. And he wasn't, I'm looking for movement, I'm looking for something. I'm thinking, come on already. That was my first anxious moment of the movie. It's like, come on already. And then he, there's the light, and he opens his eyes, and like, oh, okay. Uh Uh-huh, and again, I'm like, wow, they're just not... Stop, like, they're going full force in this movie. They're killing off Iron Man already. Right. <laughs> in the first ten minutes. Right. They're not holding back. And he and he looked, he looked down, he lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, he did not look good. I did notice that. Um, but that was also a good introduction to um, Captain Marvel, who I like much better in this movie. Yeah. Than I saw really? in the Captain Marvel movie. She kind of didn't do anything for me in this movie. No. Really? But she wasn't in it as much as I thought she was going to be. Right. But I guess jumping to the end, you can see why. Because if she could just fly down and take out, like, everybody, I could see why they couldn't have a lot of action scenes with her. But it was just right. kind of weird that they hyped her up and then she was in the movie for, like, ten minutes. No, I loved it. I loved how she was... I, I loved how they used her and how she wasn't in the movie for that long because... Mm-hmm. Well, for that exact reason, but for me, it's the opposite. That like she was so hyped up, and I didn't want her to just come in one move before Endgame and solve all their problems. Right. Well, I feel like all the people who had a problem with Captain Marvel, I think everybody was like, "All right, let's see how like, the open-minded fans were like. All right, let's see if her, her interacting with Avengers characters makes her a little makes us like change our opinion on her." And they really didn't do that. She's kind of she talks to people for like five minutes, then disappears for. Two hours. <laughs> no, definitely changed my opinion. I love. I really like the character now. I yeah. S- especially the end line. Like, I like her. Um, not sarcasm, but I guess just her demeanor, where she's a very take charge person. In the end battle scene, where she goes, she's standing over Spider Man. She goes, "Hey, Peter Parker, you got something for me?" Yeah. <laughs> like she's she's not rushed at all because she knows she's not going to be taken down just standing there. Right. And like she's so sure of herself. She knows that she's going to win because she's so powerful and can get this Infinity Gauntlet where it needs to go. No, I thought it was really good. Yeah. And that... and the way that they got her out of the movie that was really good too because she's like there's thousands of planets that don't have you. Right. That don't have you right, and that that would explain also goes into explaining the ending why she came in when she did. She's she's busy mm-hmm. doing what they're doing, but in other places. Right. Jack, you yeah. still there? No, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I guess I'm the only one who didn't like Captain Marvel, so I was like a little nervous to like jump no, into we're, it. No, that's, that's, that's we're cool. not changing that's your cool. minds here. <laughs> that's all right. I, I'm looking. I'm looking forward a little more to the next Captain Marvel movie. Yeah, because yeah. Of, because of this one. I just thought of another character we didn't get in Endgame. So like, I was we got a lot of the side characters too, but we didn't get Goose. That was interesting. Is that the cat. Yeah, the cat. I oh was, yeah. I was trying to think. The only characters that weren't in Endgame, I think, were like Michelle from Spider Man mm-hmm. and uh, Cassie's parents, her mother and stepfather. And Goose. Like, there well, were... I mean, what were those characters going to do, really? Right. I, mean, I, guess, I guess Goose could, like, eat some people, but... <laughs> everybody else, meh. Right, they weren't needed, but I was just amazed at how many side characters they managed to fit into the movie. Yeah. And, and make it relevant. Yeah. Yeah. 
that must have been hard to, to um, get together and manage and mm-hmm. schedule. And... Jack, were you upset that Jessica Jones wasn't in the movie? It would have been cool. I didn't really expect it. Right. I mean, it, I, I would have enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so they're back on Earth, and they solve time travel, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, before that, they actually go and fight Thanos. Oh, which, right. Like, first 20 minutes in that theater, I was like, this movie is not how I, what I expected. Like, they're just going for it right away. Not at all, yeah. But the best part is that we didn't know what was what the movie was about. <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh yeah, they kill Thanos in the first... Can I just, yeah. can I just say, I don't know why, but I found it really funny watching big CGI Thanos make soup in his cabin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would take more if Thanos making soup. Yeah, it's almost like he turned into the MCU version of the gardener. You know? <laughs> he was on the garden planet. Right. He was like, all alone, overseeing right. it. <laughs> just a very evil version of the gardener. Yeah. Thor yeah. Yeah, Thor took care of him. I like, too, how in that scene, they, like, Marvel directors, they listen to the fans, and they listen to all of the, all the, all of our gripes. So in that scene, his hand got cut off, the gauntlet got cut off, which was something that we think would have been obvious in Infinity War, and then he cuts his head off. Goes right. Goes the head. Right. <laughs> So and then was... and that's where it broke and took the five-year jump. Mm, yes. Once he was out of the way. The five-year jump. That was unexpected. Right. Yeah. And they were still... And and I like the fact that they were... Five years later, they were still mourning. Yeah. The loss of family and friends and loved ones and just humanity in general. Mm-hmm. And the world's still not back. Like, they have that line right. of, oh, like, we missed the Mets. Like, so, like, baseball's not even a thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting choice at Citibank Field. That's where they were having a group therapy session. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was uh, cool. Which really was oh a Marvel... Joe, Joe. What? They were having a Marvel therapy group. Right. It really was a Marvel therapy session because we got Joe Russo and and um, Chris Evans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were both in that scene. Um, I didn't choose to interpret that scene as... Half of the Russo brothers got snapped out of existence. Oh, I'm gonna oh, choose. Oh yeah. I'm gonna choose to uh, acknowledge it as they listen to our show and they're like, "Ooh, therapy group. We can use that." <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, so at that point, it started covering every everybody's loss. Mm-hmm. You know how how in individually the. The um this this snap apocalypse the snap apocalypse snap apocalypse sure um affected them snapgate the snapture (laughs) snapture yeah (laughs) Um, the snapping snapture is easier to say (laughs) um how it affected each of one of each of them yeah you know and how how deep and dark so many of them went Mm -hmm. um. And I'm going to go back to something I had mentioned in the previous uh, podcast time I was on here. Is that when it comes to superhero comic books, I enjoy the, the person out of the, out of the um, um, costumes. That's my favorite part of the comic book story. More than the fight, you know, the superhero fights or anything else. So I really enjoy the heck out of the beginning, beginning parts of that movie, like the first hour. Yeah. Where, where we covered them as, they were covered as humans. And, you know, death to loved ones affects all of us and how it affected them. Um, I totally I totally enjoyed that part. I well, really... I think it was so smart to, like, get rid of half, like, essentially half this massive cast that you have more time to have these quiet moments with, like, the OG six Avengers. Yeah, it, it definitely so worked really well. You have to rush well. through everything. The cast is more, like, streamlined, and they're just able to, like, focus on these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. worked really well. Right. I liked the scene, too with um natasha and she's overseeing the rest of the avengers and just kind of you know managing it managing it from her desk but you can visibly see that she's distressed and she's crying she's Mm -hmm. still not over it five years later Mm -hmm. that was a really good scene really powerful also i tweeted about this but 
Okoye has a line that says, it's an underwater earthquake. We don't do anything about it. Oh, yeah. And if that's not the way the MCU brings in Namor, then what's the point of that line? Oh, good pickup. Right. Good pickup. Yeah. We'll see. Well, isn't Marvel supposed to, once Spider-Man movie comes out in July, after that at some point, they're supposed to announce their plans for the next group of movies? I don't, I don't know. I thought... I, I think we're not sure, because I, I think they've had, they've said things where it's like, oh, we kind of regret that we announced our whole slate of movies as early as we did, so mm-hmm. it feels like it's something they might not want to do again for Phase 4. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, all we know is that they have a Black Widow movie in the works. Right. The Eternals. And, like, we can guess that Guardians Volume 3, Black Panther yeah, that's 2, supposed to be. Captain Marvel Doctor 2, Doctor Strange 2. Doctor Strange 2. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Real quick, who do you think, if they decide to go this route again, like set up a giant villain for the next few phases, who do you think it would be? Hmm. Doctor Doom. Yeah, that would be my guess, too. I think Doctor Doom makes the most sense, but I'm going to go with Annihilus. Because they've gone so cosmic, but also quantum. And I, yeah. I think Annihilus would fit in really well. So you think they're going to go to space now more in the next phase? Yeah. Okay. More, if not space, then more mystic, like Doctor Strange 2. Okay. Yeah. Quantum realm. Well, Doctor, Doctor Doom's kind of a character where you can have the mystic and the science and the space. Yeah. Yeah, true, actually. I think Doctor Doom would be introduced in Black Panther... In a, oh, Black Panther 2, Doctor Doom gets introduced with some tiny Easter eggs for Namor. Then Black Panther 3, you get Namor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like they have to team up with Latveria to, because Atlantis is waging war, as Atlantis tends to do. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, um, endgame. Endgame. So, like Jack said, everybody's sad and then Paul Brad shows up. Right, right. Yeah, thanks to that rat, which stepped on a button. You know, reopened the quantum realm. Right. right. He's just, he's so much fun. I'm glad yeah. he's, I'm happy he rolled this movie. Yep. Also, Ken Jong was the security guard. Was that him? He uh, had yeah. no lines, which is weird, but well, whatever. You know, they're, they're giving their community cast members their cameos. Yes, I love it. And uh, we had Shirley. She was in yeah, there. I saw that. I'm all for the community references. Oh, yeah, that's right. I said it in another podcast episode, but Joel McHale and Alison Bria's Mr. Fantastic and Sue Storm. Yeah. Eh, I, I can know. see. I don't watch community. Ah, I can see. Um, oh, yeah. So, Paul... did was with Cassie too. I, felt, I thought Cassie was too old. Yeah. I feel like she was like five in the last movie, and now she's like yeah. 17. It was a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to think, like, at max, maybe Cassie was 10, so now she's 15. I don't know. It was weird. Or, like, she was 7, and now she's 13. Like, yeah, you can get the 13 to 17 range, I guess. It was a little weird, but... Interesting. We'll go with it, I guess. I'm really interested to see what they do with the five-year time jump. Because it's really cool to follow the MCU in the present time. Be like, yeah, this is they, this, this is the year that it happens, and it's the current year, but now it's five years ahead. So it doesn't well, match up with was, our timeline. I thought that oh, was yeah. good, because in that time, Tony Stark goes, and he gets a family, and now he has something to lose again. Yeah, no, I loved the time jump, but I just don't know how they're going to work with that now. Right. In the future of the MCU. Right. Yeah, that's a good question. Oh, that was my thing. I had, Yeah, I did have a criticism about that so if it's five years in the future and they just brought like all the snap people back how come peter parker and all his friends are all still in high school together yeah so i actually have an answer for that (laughs) because we only see ned well actually we know that all four of his quote-unquote friends because i'm including what flash thompson is that the guy yeah yeah including yeah yep all four of them ned mj flash and peter parker got snapped like, I think that's been confirmed. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that all of his um, schoolmates, classmates got snapped. Because for all we know, that was just a high school set up for the snapped people who need to catch up on their lives. 
Like we didn't see any other fa- any familiar faces. Right. Like, we we don't know his classmates. These right. people could just be random people that got snapped. Right. They'll either address it or just never bring it up again, and people will always just kind of wonder. Yeah. <laughs> but we know that home or far from home takes place after Endgame, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the only I part like they said they said when they're releasing a trailer for to, for uh, home what uh, far from home tomorrow uh, that it's gonna have like spoilers for Endgame. Yes. Yes, but the Russos are lifting the Endgame ban on Monday, so the day this is released, <laughs> this podcast. Oh, that's perfect. We're doing a spoiler episode on the day that there's yeah. we can do spoilers. Well, then why'd we even bother with the non-spoilers in the first place? I, I don't know. <laughs> um, now, the, part, the only part of the movie that uh, I kind of questioned, because for me it was a timeline thing, as from when the quantum realm is introduced as to where he was mm-hmm. to when they figure out how to time travel with the quantum realm. That seemed to go awfully fast for me, and I within the movie I, I couldn't I didn't know how long the act was. Um, oh, okay. How, how fast that was? Right, because it time seemed wise. like Tony Stark just solved time travel. Yeah, all of a sudden, like, like you woke up. Like, oh yeah, but you know, I think think the thing with that is that we didn't see how many trials he had done, so we just happened to see the one where it worked. Right. <laughs> Right. Well, it's, like, it's, it's like the Back to the Future thing. Doc Brown like slept on a, slept on a toilet while hanging a clock, and he figured out time travel. <laughs> so there's precedent. The flux capacitor. <laughs> um, but that is interesting. Yeah, we don't know how long. Yeah, I just you know it was kind of. I mean, it's like Doctor Strange too. We don't know how long he was in Comertage. Yeah, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> um, so, what do you guys think of this? This and uh, Hulk. Oh, I Bruce loved Banner, it. I it. Bruce Banner, Hulk. Good. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I, did too. I loved it. And 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 kind of picked up where like Thor Ragnarok or the last movie was where our last movie where he was Hulk and him and Rebecca, he couldn't get the Hulk to come out. Yeah, because the Hulk didn't want to come out. Yeah, he's had a really good storyline since Age of Ultron. I feel like. Yes. And then it was kind of resolved and wrapped up in Endgame. Yes. No, I loved it. Yeah, I did too. I thought that scene where the kids came over and took a picture was a little awkward because it was like they were trying too hard to be funny, I guess. Not like, I don't know. It was weird. The kids, yeah. Ant-Man was like, do you want a picture with me? And they're like, no. And they just they kept going. I'm like, they don't want a picture with him. Leave right. it at that. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was it was unnecessary. Yeah. I think so, but that's fine. Yeah, no. Overall, the whole movie thing. Yeah, right. It's a terrible movie. Right. <laughs> It was one of those, but also I liked about movies there were the lulls. There's mm-hmm. always a lull in the movie. Yeah. But these were short. Yeah. Quick lulls and then just went on. Yeah, I was saying in the last episode that I think like the only two lulls I can think of were uh, Black Widow, that first scene, or yeah, the scene where Black Widow's talking to Captain America mm-hmm. and she's like, "If you want me to see the silver lining, I'm gonna hit you with a peanut butter sandwich." Right. <laughs> Which is a good line. And when Thor was talking to his mom. Right. But they were important lulls. They were. They were important lulls. So speaking lulls. of that, I actually, I've looked, I finally looked up one of those guides where it's like went to pee during Avengers Endgame. Yeah. And they give you three suggestions. So they're kind of, they're suggestions I wouldn't have thought. Okay. I don't know if I agree with them. So the first one is they say go uh, during the first time travel test scene. Because they're like, you'll just miss like a wacky scene. That doesn't really doesn't really do anything. Where Ant-Man comes back as an old yeah, man and a baby? Yeah, Ant-Man keeps coming back as an old, and then as a kid, and then as a baby. Okay. That's the, they say, do that. They say, the second time is right before the Avengers go off on their time travel mission. Mm-hmm. So when Cap is giving a speech, I think. And then the third one is they say, go uh, right after Cap says Avengers assemble. What? Well, because it's just, I guess they're figuring, like, oh, it's just CGI action. Like, you know, you're not going to miss. Okay, no, that's fair. Alright. Uh, yeah, scenes I wouldn't have expected, but I can, I guess I can see the thinking. I guess. <laughs> but these the, these scenes in, these, in this movie were so short. 
Like, is that enough time? Right, to go I know. To the bathroom. Get out of the seat, get to the door, and then you're in, you're back in the action. Yeah. Um. Okay, so. And then, do, should, should we talk about that door? Yeah. Oh yeah, I yeah, loved I New love Asgard. That. I love that. Oh <laughs> yeah, that was so cool. It's, yeah, it's especially going back. when they call them out as acting like um, the dude from the Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All about that. Yeah, it's going back to how we see how the snapping has affected everyone, and clearly he didn't handle it well. <laughs> He's hurting. <laughs> he was hurting badly. Yeah, he took it highly personal. Yeah, I liked it, and I know I've read somewhere some people thought it was fat shaming, but I feel like the way they didn't, the way it ends up not being fat shaming is that he didn't get back in shape by the end of the movie. Right. Like he fights, like you know, he still fights like in that same shape he was in, and he still he ends the movie still as like in that same. So I feel like if he had like immediately magically got fit again, it would have been kind of fat shaming. But the way they did it, I think, was really well done. Yeah, no, I think it was really well done. Like, he was hurting, and then he gets that moment with his mom, and his mom's like, you'll be okay, <laughs> essentially. He's valid. Yeah. But then he gets Mjolnir, finds out he's still worthy. It was good. Yeah, that was a good scene, too. I enjoyed that. Um, they got Natalie Portman back for the movie. Yeah. Do you think I that... Like... What? No, sorry, you were going to say something? Oh, do you think that was... Was she actually back, or was that a scene not used in, a, in the second Thor, Thor movie? They confirmed it was a scene It was a scene not used in Thor The Dark World, but yeah. I guess she recorded a voiceover to oh. tie it all together. Oh, okay. 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 There if, were some I lines... Killed, I would have killed if Natalie Portman had done a scene with Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> there was a line where she was asking for pants that I didn't remember from Thor The Dark World, so... It, I think that was like her only line, so maybe that was the one. Or maybe. Well, since we're here, since we're here now, what you guys think of the whole like Back to the Future Two type angle they took with the time travel? I loved it. Yeah, I love everything about this movie. Yeah, no, I thought that was cool. <laughs> yeah, I totally enjoyed I that. Especially, I especially like the stuff that takes place like right after the Avengers movie. Yeah, I I like how them making up their own rules for this movie allow them to have certain liberties like i don't know they just basically said that going back into your into the past is now your present so the reverse i guess if people from the past came to the future that would be their present which allowed all of them to die which allowed nebula to shoot herself mm-hmm. which allowed gamora to come and um she probably stuck around because yeah i'm, th- I'm thinking yeah i'm thinking she stuck around and uh, and I like the um, the twist of uh, Thanos figuring out the whole time travel thing mm-hmm. and taking advantage of that and hit for his needs. Oh yeah, there's always the point in the movie where things are going wrong, and that's where the problem right. comes around. But I was genuinely stressed out when Loki got the Tesseract. I was like, no, this is the point where everything goes wrong. <laughs> I was really stressed. I, I definitely feel like this is how we get the Loki TV show. Yeah. This is the starting point for that. A diff- it would have to be a different timeline, though. Like a different dement- a different universe. Who really cares, though? It's going to be like eight episodes of Loki doing wacky stuff throughout time. I'm here for it. Yeah. I think it... Oh, yeah. I think um, this definitely opens the doors for the multiverse in Marvel. Well, I, what I enjoyed a lot about the, um, the, the whole time travel thing... Um, besides the fight between Chris Evans and, I mean, um, Captain America and himself, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, or Nebula and herself, yeah, um, was how how they encapsulated the whole ten years into the movie to give that rounded feeling to the story, mm-hmm. and they showed it through clips, um, resh- um, new scenes with uh, Russo as his as Thor's mom. Um, they even got Robert Redford back. Yeah, for yeah, that. He's like legit retired from acting. Right, and they got him back for that, for that confrontational scene. Um, it was just. They got Michael Douglas back. Michael Douglas came back, and it was just. I, for me, when I'm realizing watching as the whole time travel story plays out, is that this was really well thought out mm-hmm. by the writers over the past year or so. How well they incorporated 
the entire universe. Yeah, and again, we get to see, uh, we get some of, like, internet gripes solved. Like, in the Battle of New York, why weren't the wizards helping? But we do see Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One mm-hmm. taking down oh, yeah, the Chitauri. Yeah, she's, like, throwing her magic, like, fan blades around and chopping them in half. It was great. And one of my favorite scenes in movies is when she punches the Hulk and <laughs> knocks Bruce Banner out of, out of the Hulk. Yeah. And I thought that was, well, I thought that was really cool. I think any scene with Tilda Swinton is going to be good. Yeah. That's a I good, like how that's she a was good. just like, oh, you're from the future. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was great. And she knew about Stephen Strange. She mm-hmm. was like, he was supposed to be the best of us. I, I love it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's well-rounded. So much thought. So kudos to the writers. Yeah. And it also, oh, yeah. especially that scene, makes some Doctor Strange scenes and Infinity War scenes make more sense because... There's a line in Doctor Strange where it's right before she dies and she goes, I kept looking forward to this moment, but I couldn't see past this moment. And then it relates to um, Doctor Strange and Infinity War watching the 14 million different timelines or scenarios. Mm -hmm. And then in this, in Endgame, she says, like, you're five years too early. So it was really cool that they connected all those different lines into, like, one scenario, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It was really yeah, yeah, I feel like I feel like Cap was the best time traveler out of everybody. He was, yes. Like, he knew exactly what to do to get out of every situation. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the whole scene in the elevator where you think it's going to be, like, the um, the Winter Soldier fight again, and he's just, like, hail Hydra. Yes. And the next thing, he's just walking away with the staff. That's a great callback to the comics, too. Right. Where he became the Hydra agent. Right. Right. So, let's... Do you want to talk about the battle? Yes. Yes. So for me, the first emotional moment was where I got tears in my eyes, actually, was when everybody came back through the portals. Okay. Okay, that was, hit me, and they showed each one. Wait, wait, wait. Actually, can we talk about Black Widow? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Black yeah. Widow. Yeah, that's a really it. important I'm sorry. scene. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Want to talk about that, Jack? Yeah, that was the thing that got spoiled for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, me too. Oh, that sucks. Well, I saw, so I saw, like, um, I didn't even fully understand it. I just saw something. It was like a joke meme. It was like Black Widow fell. Oh. And I didn't know what it meant. But, like, it was only until, like, they went to go get the Soul Stone that I'm like, oh, she's going to die. Oh, it was so sad. I And I was so stressed during that scene, too, because they both ended up jumping off the cliff at one point. And mm-hmm. it was so yeah. stressful. I like, I like how they played that out. Yeah. Kept tripping each other up. Till the edge. And I like how they resolved, or like, wrapped up that character arc too, where in a in the first Avengers, they kind of have a thing, but this just wraps up as they're just, they're like kindred spirits. They're not romantically involved, but mm-hmm. they, they definitely understand each other. Yeah, it's a brother and sister type yeah, thing, Yeah, they need, yeah. like, their crutches in each other's lives. Right, right. Closest two people who do what they do can be. Yeah. Yeah. I liked how it wrapped it up. Yeah. And, like, as sad as I am over what happened, it was a good ending for her for her character, too. Yes. I agree. Well, they're doing a Black Widow movie, so. Yeah. Rumors it's going to be pre, you know, it's going to be her origins type of thing. Yeah. And I've heard some people are like, well, why would we care about that? I mean, I'm. I would love that. Still. I would love that too. <laughs> I like the Black Widow, so I would I'd be into that. Another thing could be her. It could be her and Gamora instead of the Soul Stone trying to get out. Mm. Yeah. I, will, I did like I did like how they did that. How they very clearly established like you could bring back people who were snapped. You can't bring back people who died. Yeah. I think that was a good move for them. Right. But in that in the time travel act, they kept jumping back between Morag and New York. And, but they were not going to Vormir. And I was like, I realized that, that we hadn't seen them yet. And I thought, they're saving this for one big scene because one of them has to die. And then they did. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was sad. And that's, and then, yeah, and you're right. That's where it began. All the um, emotion that us as the audience was going to start to feel. Mm-hmm. Then she didn't really get a funeral because they didn't have time. Oh, and then, no, another sad part was because she said, see you in a minute, and then she's the only one that doesn't come back. Right. So yeah. sad. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, you picked up on that. 
Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Yeah. So battle scene. Battle scene. Yeah. So this, this scene is like the airport scene in Civil War. Like this is why you see the movie. Right. Well, see, uh, right. Cool as the battle scene is just before that. Can I just talk about how cool it was to see like the big three Thor, Cap, and Iron Man? Yes. Up to fight that was great. Mm-hmm. And again, and like Thor does that thing where he grabs both hammers. Yeah, and again, that's like a fan service, but also wrapping up their arcs because they've clearly resolved their own issues enough that they're uniting to fight Thanos. And of course, it's the big three. This is what the MCU revolves around, so we want to see them have their their big moment. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. It was so good. Um, and then, you know, they got the ultimate fan service moment where Thor's about to die, and you see the hammer lifting up. Uh-huh. And he sees fly past into Captain America's hand. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you think... I don't agree with this theory, but there's a theory that in Age of Ultron, Captain America was always able to lift Mjolnir, but he chose not to, to kind of, like, spare Thor. I don't think that's true. I don't think he could lift it. I think that he just became worthy, or maybe Mjolnir was like, yeah. oh, hey, we gotta save this person. You seem worthy enough. Right. <laughs> Right. The theory that right now that I like is that he couldn't lift it in Ultron because he was hiding the fact that he knew Bucky killed Tony's parents. Hmm. That's interesting. But that was um, one of my favorite parts of moments of the movie. Mm-hmm. Was he held out his hand and here it comes <laughs> into his into his hand and Thor there I knew it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was one of my favorite moments. Then he summoned the lightning and yeah. just oh, and then he threw the shield and threw the, the hammer to create like the sound barrier yeah. type thing that made Thanos stumble. That was so cool. Yeah. So cool. Even that scene where Thor has a little hammer and Captain America has like the axe and Thor's like, no. <laughs> yeah, you could <laughs> Yeah, but when um, I just want to get back to when everybody came back through the portals. And the way they showed it, cinematography wise, was was beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, and that was that was the first moment that I got tears in my eyes, you know, and it kept on going, and then the music's playing, and the everybody's coming in and getting ready to do battle, and I that was um, that was my first powerful scene. Yeah, oh, it's so good. It's just like forty-five minutes of this giant battle where we get everyone. Like Valkyrie even gets her Pegasus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. <laughs> Very cool. It was amazing. And then they even have callbacks to that. Like, Pepper comes in in the suit that yeah. Morgan was wearing in the beginning. Yep. Yep. One of my favorite moments of the fight is when Giant Man punches, like, the, uh, the, the like, snake spaceship in the face. Uh-huh. Uh, I love that. I love how uh, Wanda got a good... I was going to talk about that. That is my favorite. I mean, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know how much I love Wanda Maximoff uh, in these movies. But that was my favorite scene in the that big battle scene because she came in really upset and seemingly more powerful than she has been. I think maybe she just like wanted to end it. So she just tapped into all of her power reserves, but she single-handedly defeated Thanos. Like we saw her breaking the armor part and just like drawing and quartering her, him mm-hmm. with her powers. And the only reason that she didn't kill him there and then was because he like admitted defeat that he was losing and, Rain fire. I, I, lo- I love her. <laughs> I can't wait for her TV show. I feel like they definitely, like, because in, in uh, Infinity War, Thanos was almost sympathetic. You can almost see where he's coming from with this idea that he has to kill half the people. Uh-huh. Whereas this movie, I thought they very clearly were like, no, this guy's just crazy. Yeah. yeah. He was much worse than this movie. Yeah, he evolved to his, taking this as chances to wiping everybody out. Yeah. And saving just the few who will be grateful to him. I don't even think he would do that. I think, like, the Black Order, he'd just snap them out, too, and be like, nope, I'm creating my own universe. Yeah, yeah that was. And his evolution, his mindset in the movie also was awesome. Mm-hmm. You know? Just made you hate him more and root even harder. Yeah, yeah. It yeah definitely, he was much worse in this movie. And then we saw the Scarlet Witch... Um, he, she's holding off the, uh, the yeah. giant sword thing, but then she just smiles and just flips it out of his hand and it goes flying. Right. And she disarms him, which is something that we point out, uh, Thor, Captain America, and Tony Stark could not do together. But she comes in, just yeah. one person, just, yeah. 
you know, gets well, I have, the signs I, I just want to. I just want to say that the Scarlet Witch character in these movies has been one of my favorite. Yes. Right, right along. Love her. <laughs> I might be biased because she can be the uh, herald for the X-Men, but... <laughs> yeah, no, I love her. I love seeing her powers. So... Like scene where they, they had all the women characters come together to, like... Defend Peter Parker. Yes, yes. yes. Another favorite scene. Yes. Another fan service. Right. A-force. Yes, that was that was great. Because there has been a lot of call for an A Force movie, and I know that um, even some of the actresses want an A Force movie. And this was probably the Russos. They're like, yeah, let's throw this in there, and yeah, fan service. Yeah, <laughs> great. That, that's who they should appeal to. Mm-hmm. Not entirely, but in a large number. The fans. Yeah, absolutely. The ones who have supported them, not only go to the movies, but buy the comics. Yeah. You know? But anyway, that's And that, that's where we got Captain Marvel. She's like, hey, Peter Parker. Yeah. You got something for me? Yeah. Yeah. I like the delivery of that line. Yeah. When she did it. You know? It's like, it was, I think that was the moment I'm thinking, okay, she's 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 won me over somewhat. Mm-hmm. And, and Spider-Man's cowering. He's like, hello, I'm, I'm Peter. Peter Parker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and also, like, it was something you had to watch for. They didn't make, it wasn't showcased, but his, his Iron Man spider outfit with the spider legs coming out the back. Mm-hmm. That was the first time you got to see that, right? Or am I missing something? No, we saw it in Infinity War. We did? Yeah. Okay, I guess we I'm saw instant. We saw an instant kill. We saw though. instant kill. <laughs> Again, a callback to the other movies. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And now we're getting... Oh, so then Thanos throws a javelin at the quantum machine and destroys it. So... They were trying to send them back originally, right? Right, because Thanos' whole purpose was to get the stones, so they were trying to send them back before he could get them. Right. He stops that, and then we get to the sad part. Oh. This was the most emotional part. Yeah, it was. Go ahead, Joe. You go first. I'm going to cry. Just, just before the sad part, though, I did enjoy seeing Thanos be like, I am an, I am inevitable, and snaps and looks oh. like an idiot. Oh, yeah. Yes. Just a clink of armor, of metal. <laughs> mm-hmm. And nothing happens. I feel like I'm genuinely in mourning. Like I've lost someone. Because, I mean, that's half my life that I've been watching these movies. And yeah. I'm never going to get another iteration of this Iron Man. Yeah. And then thinking about the future, like, we're never going to see this Iron Man interact with the Fantastic Four or the X-Men when they come in. Like, we're not going to get a lot of cool comic moments that we could have gotten. Even if they do bring back Tony Stark in some way, it's not going to be Robert Downey Jr. There wasn't a better way to send him out, though. Like, as the man who basically started all of this, right. there's no better way for him to go out. Right. I agree. And I thought it was a perfect bookend. Iron Man started this whole thing. And then he ends it. And his last line is, I am Iron Man. Right. Snap. Right. It was perfect. It was... And really, let's be honest. Can they possibly recreate or bring back Tony Stark without Robert Downey Jr.? He is Tony Stark. Yeah. He built... He, cinematically, he he owns the character. Yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah. It'll be... If they no, sorry, if they do a soft reboot like they're like the Men in Black <clears throat> Men in Black series or like continuing this, the franchise with different characters, if they do that in like fifty years with the MCU like they did with Star Wars, they brought it back fifty years, and they try to bring back Iron Man, it'll have to be a different actor, and it'll just be weird for us who remember it. It'll yeah. be great for the next generation at that time, but it'll be weird. That's optimism. Your thing is 50 years ahead, and it's still a viable viable, uh, genre. Oh, it absolutely will be. Um, But Mr. Downey is listening. (laughs) Mr. Downey, Robert Downey, we love you, man. Um, We've also said that um, Ian McKellen listens to this podcast. Yes, yeah. (laughs) I caught that one, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it killed me when... When Peter Parker's saying, is pleading for for Tony to to answer him and be you know basically 
keep him alive. That was a good. That was a it good was one. like, oh man, and then Pepper comes in. It's okay. It's okay, Tony. You can rest now. Yeah. Like, did oh you, my God. Did you notice that she says that earlier in the movie? Yes. Af- yeah. After he says he solved time travel, and he's like, "But I could put a pin in it right now." And then she goes, "But could you rest, knowing that you could help these people, but aren't? right, then, right?" Then he did help them, and he could rest. And yeah, she said. She said. Well, so. I also like looking at that line as Gwyneth Paltrow was saying to Robert Downey Jr. Like, "It's okay. We we." We're going to be okay. You can rest now. Like, you made this universe. We, we're okay. Yeah. I think this was her last appearance, too. Oh. I mean, I think she said that Maybe. she might do cameos if she's asked to, but I think she's done. Yeah, so many of them are done. Yeah. On to the we next phase. Got, we, we still got a couple people who are going to hold down this franchise. Oh, yeah. We have more. tons of characters still. Stars, I know Mark Ruffalo is still going to be around. Hawkeye is still going to be around. We'll get one more with Scarlett Johansson. Thor said he's he loves the character and he's willing to come back whenever they need him. Probably Guardians 3. Could be good. Yeah, right. Yeah, That was kind of set up there at the end. Yeah, he'll be like the comedic device to distract you from Gamora's absence. Gamora's back. We saw her. She's back, man. Come yeah. on. <laughs> no, I think Guardians 3, here's another prediction. Guardians 3 is going to be, uh, or sorry, the as Guardians of the Galaxy, um, they're going to be looking for Gamora. And Gamora's arc for the next few movies, or maybe that movie is going to be her, because this is her from the past. So she doesn't have these experiences that the Gamora that we know has. But her soul, part of her, her stole it. Part of her soul is stuck in the soul stone, like the comics. So she's going to have to go find the soul stone and get her soul back. Then when they get connected, she'll have all the memories and it'll be the Gamora that we know. Okay. And it'll be happy. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so now we're at the very end. Yeah. And, f- and we see... And there was one other actor who made it pretty clear he's not coming back. Yep. Yeah. What'd you think of how they sent off Captain America? I liked it. I mean, obviously there's the issue with time travel. Like, wouldn't he have created another timeline? Yeah, yeah. But I can strongly overlook that for how just great let, the rest of the movie was. Yeah. <laughs> I think... I, I wasn't... I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pandering to the audience too much. And to have him... Also, be with finally being with the woman he loves was just it was just it was like it was force fed on us to make to for us to accept that okay now he's you know he's an old man now mm-hmm. at the end of his life um, it, it was it was okay but what I did enjoy and was that he handed the shield to Sam Wilson yeah I did enjoy that I like because that. I didn't want. I didn't want Bucky to be the next Captain America because I like Sam Wilson. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want that either. I'd prefer the Falcon. And again, that follows the comics, so it's good. R- right. But um, I I liked how he got his last dance with Peggy. But one thing I do want to say is that I never really, um, I never fully backed the two of them as an item, only because they knew each other for like a month. They never even went on a date. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was a couple months. Okay. I just feel like the uh, Joe, Joe doesn't believe in that Steve Rogers had for her. Joe doesn't believe in love at first sight. It was weird. <laughs> I mean, that, that's what it <laughs> she was. Liked but... She liked him even, even before he was Captain America. It's, yeah, it's nice. yeah, she did. Yeah, no, and it's... she did even when he was that the wimpy guy being picked on. She and saw the, something special in him. Yeah, and it's cute, but it's like. Ten years later, and you're still pining for this woman who's who died. Why do you hate love, Joe? <laughs> Joe's bitter. <laughs> um, so we then we, and we have um, Tony send off. Mm-hmm. His, and they, his wake. And they used that the first reactor. Yep. that Said proof that Tony Stark still has a heart. Yep. Uh, it was sad. And they showed um, so much of the cast was there just for that shot yeah it brought so many back just for that yeah that was moment. another great scene 
like with the battle scene where we saw everyone, we see everyone there again that's panning through the right the whole not audience but um the crowd but through the crowd <laughs> yeah his friends and the then, audience of the funeral um, and Nick Fury up on the porch yeah overseeing all of it mm-hmm. as it happens yeah I'm excited like this movie had a conclusion and it had closure but I'm still excited for Spider Man. Far From Home, because I feel like that'll yeah. give us even more closure. Yeah. Because that's been confirmed as the last movie of Phase 3. Yeah. And after that, we don't know when the next movie's coming out. Right. Or what it is. Right. So well, I'm my, like... My roommate, my roommate did bring this up, and he made a good point that it's like, if you were like, okay, I want to get off this train, like, I want to get off the Marvel train, this is about as good of an ending as you're ever going to get. Yeah. I mean, why would you want to get off the Marvel train? But no, it's a really good ending. So do we want to have any concluding comments? Oh, uh, what was your oh favorite line? Like, what's your most memorable line and and scene? Oh, go ahead, Jack. Um, oh, that's a good question. Um, I probably laughed the hardest at Thor being called Big Lebowski, <laughs> just because it was all I could see for like the rest of his scenes. Um. Favorite scene, honestly, is probably just the scene of Thor, Cap, and Iron Man going up to fight Thanos. Because this is like, yeah, it's the big three. You know, it's like... Yeah. It's the big three of this, uh, the big three, the anchors of this franchise going off to fight, like, one last battle together. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. My favorite scene is Scarlet Witch single-handedly taking down Thanos. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... And then lines that stick out to me are small lines like Okoye saying, it's not a water volcano, we don't do anything about it. And Captain Marvel's, hey Peter Parker, and um, Black Widow's, see you in a minute, which I've said all these already. But like small lines like that stick out to me. Um, my favorite scene, again, was uh, when everybody comes back. I thought that was just so well coordinated, so well done. And... Um... My favorite scene was uh, Tony's end, mm-hmm. where Pepper's telling him he can rest now. That was... <sighs> Which really, again, factors into the watchability, or rewatchability of this movie. Yeah. It's like, I, I love this movie, but do I want to be sad every time I put it in? <laughs> I, yeah. Well, I think, in conclusion, I thought it was well-rounded... They thought of the writers, producers, everybody thought of just about everything that could possibly be thought of. Yeah. To bring that everything together worth, like I said, of 10 years of movies um, to satisfy all of us. You know, even the most diehard like yourself, Joe. Um, Jack, I think we should just spend the next, tw- so this is episode two, the next 20 episodes talking about Endgame. Just one episode for every movie. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. We're like every minute with the movie is an hour long episode. Every single minute, exactly. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's some right there's there's several podcasts like that on different shows and movies. Oh perfect. You break it down. Literally minute by minute. Perfect. We'll get on that. <laughs> Alright. So I'm going I'm hoping to see it again. You know, because you're you're bringing up things that that I miss, especially in the battle. There was so much going on, I couldn't keep my mind and I couldn't keep up with it. Yeah. So I'm hoping I'm hoping to see the movie again before it's out of the theaters. Uh-huh. I will definitely about you guys? see it. I will definitely see it again. I know you will, Joe. <laughs> uh, Jack? Yeah, I'll probably, we'll probably see it again. Yeah. Um, it's made almost $2 billion already? It, it, sur- it surpassed it. It did already? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It made more than $2 billion. I like the memes where... Like, I've seen a meme of uh, from Winter Soldier where Steve Rogers is running past Sam Wilson, but Sam Wilson has Avatar in, across his chest, and Steve Rogers is Avengers Endgame, so it's like Avengers Endgame is sneaking up on Avatar to surpass it. Well, well just surpassed um, Titanic, and the next one is Avatar. Yeah. I, like, all movies are held to Avatar standard. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. <laughs> At the moment, it's made $2.189 billion. Ooh, amazing. It's doing pretty good. 
That's only a weekend. Can you? I can't. It just like boggles uh, the mind. Yeah, only one week, right? Yeah. Yeah, two weekends. Yeah. That's crazy. That's great. Thanks. <laughs> right, anything else? No. I mean, again, once we sign off, I'll probably think of more things to talk about. But yeah. we'll talk about that over the next 20 episodes. Right, Jack? Exactly. <laughs> All right. You guys so are funny. has been Marvel Therapy Group. And feel free to find us on all social media, as well as anywhere you listen to podcasts, including YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. And I'm Joe. I'm Jack. I'm Brian, and thank you guys for having me. And yeah, we thank you for being here. And we will be back next week, probably talking about Endgame some more. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Marvel Therapy Group, where together we can work through our comic thoughts and learn to live beside them. Views expressed are of the host only and do not reflect Marvel Studios or comics in any way. Hosts are in no way qualified to provide therapy. This is simply the name of the podcast. This has been another Marvel Therapy Group session. 